Valdez is the founder and CEO of Save Point Ministries, an organization that has the goal of helping nerds plug into nerdy-friendly churches by connecting people digitally with physical church families. He served as a youth and young adult pastor for 10 years before starting Save Point in November of 2022. Steve is a card-carrying nerd fluent in several areas, including video games, comics, film and television, Star Wars, board and card games, and more. Please welcome Steve Valdez to the Nerd Culture Ministry Summit. We messed up, church. We messed up. We boned it. We, uh, we, we done beefed it hard. It's funny because when I was contacted to come and, and be the keynote, one of the keynote speakers here, the conversation was, we're going to have churches here. We're going to have pastors here, people who are really interested in utilizing this nerd culture ministry to help reach out, help do more in their community. And as time kind of passed, we, we started realizing something that that's honestly one of my biggest hurdles with Save Point is church. We don't take nerd culture seriously. People didn't take NCMS seriously. It was this branding that was brilliant. Everything looks fantastic. The advertising was out there. The reason was there. It was highlighted and shining. It should have been something people were clamoring to get to. And church, we, we just didn't take it seriously. Can you imagine if we did that with any other culture? Can you imagine if, if somebody came to church and said, man, on a couple times a week, me and my friends get together and we're in an intramural basketball league. Man, we love playing together and it's such a good time. And if a pastor then looked at them and said, basketball? I played that when I was a kid. Don't you think it's time to move on from that? Can you imagine if there's somebody who's passionate about cooking, right? Jacqueline talked about how much she loves baking. And then there was a potluck, and instead of bringing this beautiful creation, you felt embarrassed, and instead you went and got some Kentucky Fried Chicken, and you brought that because you felt shame about your passion. What other culture have we done this with? None. And yet here we are in a position where uh, Susie and Mark and Nerd Pastor Nate and so many other incredible digital churches are out there and they see people better than we see those people when, get this, they can't even see those people. And here we are wondering, why are people leaving the church? Where are they going? What's happening? One of my favorite quotes I use in all manner of situations is, when is the best time to plant a tree? 50 years ago. What's the second best time? Right now. Right now. Because instead, we, we got some churches here, and I love it. I love that we got some churches here, but instead of churches, mostly what we got here are other nerds, uh, digital ministries, streamers, things like that. But the beauty of this is, the vast majority of us in here 
also are going to go home to a physical church. We're going to go home to a place where we have sat, and maybe we are comfortable in. Maybe this is just one of those wonderful diamonds in the rough of a nerd-friendly church, and we're sitting comfortable in this place. But for a lot of us, we came here because that's been our dirty little secret in church, right? We came here to be seen because we're not seen there. So then what do we do? How do we take these things that we know, that we love, that we're passionate about, and how do we bring that back to our church to do something more? We have the knowledge. It reminds me of my dad. He, uh, <laughs> when I was 16 years old, I first started driving a car. And that year, he, my dad owned his own business. He's like, hey, you're going to work for me this summer, six hours a day, five days a week. Uh, I have product binders that I want you just to drive out into Phoenix, Arizona and just deliver them to different companies. So I'm like, yeah, sure. So I would I'd drive out and I'd park and I got the binders. So I take the keys out of the ignition and, oh, hang on, I got to set them down and pick up these binders. And I'd get out and I'd lock the car and I'd close the door and there are my keys. Yeah, there they are. Cool. And so what I'd have to do, you know, I'd call my dad. My dad would come out with my spare key, and the first time, he was like, yeah, come on, man, you got to do better than that. The second time, come on, man. Third, fourth time. By the fourth or fifth time, he comes out, and he's holding my key in his hand, right? And he's like, it's lecture o'clock, my friend. We're going to have a talk, and it's going to be a long one. So here I am, and I'm already ashamed, right? I'm standing in front of my car feeling like a doofus, and my dad just leans into me. He just rails me. Fast forward two weeks. I go home. My dad says, hey, son, come sit down. All right, and so I come, and I sit down. I'm wondering, am I in trouble again? What's going on here? And he says, I need to apologize to you. Because recently, I gave you a really hard time about locking your keys in your car, but I need to tell you what I did today. <laughs> I went to a job site, and uh, I had product that I want to show to them. And so I took my keys out of the car, and I set them down, and I realized, oh, I, I got to grab that product. And I pulled this stuff out, and I locked the car, door, door to my car, and I closed it, and I walked away, and I realized, yep, there are my keys. Yeah, they are. And so he, a man of pride, he does not call me. Oh, no, that's not going to happen, right? Absolutely not. I would never let him. I would have sat there for an hour and be like, you got to beg, child. <laughs> Instead, he calls AAA. AAA comes out. <laughs> I, can, I can never get through this story. AAA comes out, walks up to his car and says, hey, your window's open. <laughs> And the guy goes, I'll be 50 bucks. Like, <laughs> and he says, man, I scolded you so heavily for a mistake that I made. Well, hey, nerds in here, we have been mad at the church for a long time. I, I mentioned the phrase church hurt during a stream once, and somebody said, you know what sucks? that you use two words, church hurt, and everybody knows exactly what you mean. This is a common enough term that we all know exactly what you're talking about when we say church hurt. 
And we get mad about that, right? We know that it's there, but that means that we got to do something about it, right? We can't then turn around and lock our keys in the car, too. So what are we going to do? How do we take what we've learned here, what we know already, and go back and help turn our church into a nerd-friendly church? Turn our place of worship into a place that somebody walks in and is seen for what they love. I got my laptop on stage like a savage. Hang on here. Sorry about that. (laughs) So with all that being said, like I said, we got the knowledge. We know what we need to do. So I'm I'm also, I'm weird. I'm going to be talking to you guys, and I want to hear back from you. We don't have time for microphones. I'm a conversationalist. So if you're watching this on a stream deal with it. I don't know. Uh, You should have been here, scrub. But (laughs) so uh, I'm sorry if you can't hear the crowd though. But so with all this being said, what is some knowledge that you have that you never use? Something that you know that you never, and don't, don't, no, stop, stop, stop. Because all of you are going to be like Star Wars trivia. I hung out with you here. That's a lie. You use it all the time. Don't give me that. Knowledge that you have that you never use. What do we got? Something, shout it out. What do we got? Yeah, man. Fiberglass columns, that's niche, man. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. What you got? Trigonometry. Trigonometry. That, that's mine. Yeah, 100%. I, I was in honors calculus in high school. I can't even tell you what calculus means anymore. I got nothing, man. Someone else, knowledge you know that you never use. What do we got? Turtles too quick? Liar. You use that, Matt. I know you. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, last one, Alf. What you got, brother? Yes, say it with me. Mitochondria is the? We all use it. We all use it every day. Why do we use it? I still don't know. This is knowledge that we have that we never use. And it's the same thing with our nerd culture when it comes to the church. This is knowledge that we have that when our pastor talks to us, we wish that he would ask us about Marvel movies, but we don't use it in that situation. So how do we use it? How do we use this knowledge to help grow our church? Well, first and foremost, and hey, like I said, a lot of this is going to have the thumbprints of me talking to church pastors. It really is. It's going to, be ha- it's going to have the thumbprints of me talking to an entire church, and it's going to seem really overwhelming in a lot of situations. Please, don't try to do all of this. My challenge to you is to pick one of these things that we're going to be talking about and be like, I want to do that. I want to do that thing right there. So, first thing first, we've got to find a demographic, Right? we got to find what aspects of nerd culture is popular in our community. I was talking about Mantoni right here. And he was saying, like, yeah, I came here and invited my friends, but then I kind of used the word convention. And they thought it was going to be, like, cosplayers and stuff, and they didn't want to do that because we're, we're mostly just into video gaming. And that's what I mean by finding your demographic. you got to make sure you're meeting these people where they're at. So if you want to reach people in Texas, you got to go to... Texas. If you want to reach people, if you want to reach people in Oregon, you got to go to. If you want to reach people in Canada, you got to go to. Sorry, the answer is a hockey game for that one. It's a hockey game, and that's the answer to that question. No, you got to be where these people are. You got to find out your demographic, and there's a lot of different ways that we can do this. First and foremost, one of the great ways that we can do this is just to go and talk to our ministry leaders in our church. Go and have a conversation with somebody who helps lead the ministries. Again, I'm going to go back to Tony right here. He's also the young adult pastor in his church, the, the college age. And he knows that the college age guys play Valorant because he's right there with them. 
And so if you're thinking to yourself, man, I really wish I could get a group of college-age guys that I can kind of help mentor or I can just hang out with or whatever you want to do, go to your college-age pastor or go to your Bible study leader and say, hey, when they're alone and on their own, what do they talk about? When you are 10 minutes before or 10 minutes after your Bible study, what sort of conversations are they having? Hey, when you ask them what they did that weekend, what do they say? And the beauty of being able to utilize ministry leaders in this space is then you actually start getting like deeper demographics. You can specify a college pastor, a men's pastor, a women's pastor. When you talk to the, the men, do they say that they get together to play D&D and then the girls get together and they play party games or vice versa or whatever it is? Whatever this is, when you talk to these people, you start to get an idea of what's going on. But we can't actually just focus inside of our church. We gotta look outside as well, right? We gotta see what other people are doing out there. So, your explain. <laughs> explore your friendly local game store. FLGS. These people are fantastic. I, I cannot raise up FLGSs enough. Look, nerds, I love you. I am you. We can be hard sometimes. It's just the reality of the matter. We can be a little rough. And when you get like 40 of us in a room in a competition, we can get really rough sometimes. And yet there are some people who love us every week and serve us every week. They didn't open that game store to make money. I promise you that. Mm -mm. They opened that game store because they love what they're doing and they love the people that go into it. And so if we want to know how to love those people, go ask them. Walk in and say, hey, what events do you have that get the most people? Is Chris in here? Chris from Gilded Greyland? He's not. Whatever. I didn't want you in here, Chris, but it's fine. <laughs> Go in and ask, hey, what events get the most in your church? If you were to come to me in my area of Shadow Oregon and be like, hey, man, I would love to start a Yu-Gi-Oh club. And I would be like, oh, my sweet summer child. That ain't going to happen. I'm sorry. That's not the one here. But... If you were to come in my store and you were to say, hey, Steve, I love Commander, the Magic the Gathering format. Man, I love Commander. I'm going to say, now you're cooking with fire. Now we're going to be doing something awesome here. So we start exploring these friendly local game stores, asking them what kind of stuff, what kind of games sell the most. What are some of your best community building games? Spoiler alert, Chris already did that for you. If you're somebody right now who's saying, yeah, that board game thing sounds like a great idea. What games are going to be great for community building? Chris has already got kits out there pre-built for you to go, and you can just take that home with you, and you check that off the list. So talk to these people. These are the people that you want to be having conversations with. Talk to local schools. Now, this one can be tough, right? This is a rough one, because you don't want to pull up in a car outside of a playground, roll down your window and be like, hey, kids. What games are you playing? <laughs> you want to play them with me? You can't do that, right? You can't call a school and be like, yeah, um, my church has a basement. <laughs> what, what games do your kids play that I can play them and lure those kids into the basement? <laughs> oh, did I say lure? I, I, I meant entice. <laughs> not better. Not better, you say. Okay, I'm so sorry. You know, like that. Like, you, this is a real delicate thing that you got to go through, right? So... I'm telling you right now, though, that ask about after-school programs. Call your school and say, hey, what after-school programs do you have? I'm at a local church, and I'd love to just see what kind of work that you guys are doing. 
What do kids do during these after-school programs? We got an organization in Oregon called Satellite Gaming. Jamie, I love you, brother. They go to local schools and they have after-school programs where they just set up a slew of video games. They just set up screens and they sit shoulder to shoulder with kids and play video games with them. Or maybe you call and you say, hey, what do you have to tell your kids to put away at the end of the lunch hour? What is it that when lunch ends and you gotta go to them and you gotta say, hey guys, it's time, you gotta pick up, you gotta head out, is it Pokemon? Is it their Switch? What is it that they're doing that I can then say, okay, I'm getting a better idea of what these students are doing? And hey, the easy way to do exactly this is just to go ask one of the students in your church. Just walk up, hey, and this is another thing that the church has done terribly is just crowbarring apart the youth and the, the, the adult ministries. And so when an adult thinks about going to talk to a kid, it's like, yeah, but they're youths. They're, they're feral, you know, it's tough. But don't, they're, they're human beings that have loves and passions and all kinds of awesome things. And if you ask them, hey, what do you and your friends do when you just hang out, man? Like if we wanted to bring something into the church that you and your friends would have fun doing here at the church, what would that thing be? Is Roblox, Minecraft, what is it? Talk to these people, and in doing these things, you're going to find a theme. You're going to start finding out, okay, I'm in a community where a lot of the adults are playing board games, a lot of adults are playing magic. Magic is this one that is actually kind of like bridging the gap in a lot of ways. Younger kids are playing a lot of video games. You're starting to deduce these things and figure out a demographic for your area. Once you've got that demographic, you're going to wake up your computer. There you go. Then you got to understand how to reach them. It's literally right there, Steve. So, question again. I want to hear from you guys. Let's pretend it's like an Elks Lodge or uh, your local YMCA, right? You open your mail that day, you got a flyer inside of there, and they want you to come to an event. What does that event have to be for you to go to it? Because if, like, if I open that up and it says, community potluck, I'm like, I think you know. Put that right back in there and close that, you know. What, what does it have to be? And in fact, let's make this a little more complicated. Let's subtract nerd culture from this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All of you guys are just like, no. Mm. Well, never mind. I got nothing now. Let's subtract nerd culture from this. What's it got to be for you to actually want to show up to a place that you don't know anybody at, have never been to before, what do you think? What, what, what's got to say on that list? Matt, what do you got? Free food. All right. Hey, free food. That's good. There you go. You don't got to bring your own. Mark. New brewery. Man, hey, we're Christians, so we're not allowed to talk about this, but same. Yeah. Oh, mm, my man. I knew we'd be friends. Uh, I, my, my answer to this is, hey, if you were to tell me that you were starting like a, a disc golf putt-putt, like mini golf type thing during the wet months of the year, I'm there. I'm there with you to, you know, practice my putt because it's bad, unfortunately. Free childcare. Free childcare, man. Hey, if you got that, put it up in bright lights on like a neon sign and start blinking that thing and you'll have parents just clamoring out there. Swing dancing. Swing dancing. Heck yes, my man. I'm into that. That's super cool. I love it. So, okay, swing dancing, uh, free childcare, whatever it is, all sorts of things going on here that we could do. What are you afraid of when you show up? What do you think that if I go there, I'm kind of worried that this is going to happen? 
Extroverts, that's me, I'm so sorry, man. I'm the guy that's gonna walk up to you and be like, hey, tell me everything about you. You look super uncomfortable, come here. Like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> what are you scared of, Matt? Jesus juke, oof, yeah, man. Hey, now that we've gathered you all here today, we wanted to tell you something. Like, come on, man, just let me do the thing. Just let me do the thing. Anyone else, what are you afraid of? Yeah, what do you got? No, and it's just you. <gasps> that is the real, legit worst. And then there's like the five people that set this up, and it's just you there, and now you got this choice of, can I leave? <laughs> What's that? You know, and you you're head out of there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> double up on that. Hey, folks, this is what everybody's feeling when we invite them to church. This is exactly what's going through people's minds when we are trying to bring people into our building. We can't just say all church picnic and send flyers out because people are going to be like, yeah, but what if I bring the wrong food or if I wear the wrong shirt or if they Jesus juke me since y'all you know, are here or whatever else. These are the things going through people's heads before they're willing to enter your building. So before we can even do these things that we want to do, we have to understand how do I actually reach these people. So uh, let's see here. I don't know how we reach these people. Hang on. Let me double check with myself, right? I know I do need a mouse, for real, for real. First and foremost, ask your congregation for help. Get your congregation on board. That's going to be a huge part of this. Jacqueline already talked about this. You can't do this alone. You can't. If you're the only nerd in your church, I love you, but maybe wait until you can find some people to help you. Because you are going to burn yourself out so fast, and not just you, but your love for that thing. And then you're going to go back to it, and you're going to be like, and remember when I used to do that? I just, I just can't anymore. So you got to make sure that you're somebody who's looking out there. And maybe you got two or three friends, or maybe you got a group, or maybe you just get the pastor on board. Maybe you just say, hey, what support can I get from you? Get your church on board. Get your congregation on board. Have them helping you. Know what events people attend. That's a really big important one that we were talking about before. We got to know what people are actually going to come to. Do they go to TCG tournaments? Do they go to board game days? Do they go to video game clubs? If your local school has an after-school video game thing and nobody shows up to it, guess what? You shouldn't do it either. It's so common for churches these days to think that they're hip because they put you know, Nintendo Switches against the wall and line them up over there and they're like, now all the kids are gonna come. Here they come. But we have to understand, will they? Is that what this community is doing? So make sure that you know what sort of events people are already attending, that they're already a part of. Here's a big one, I'm gonna say it again. Utilize your friendly local game store. Please do this. Build a relationship with them. Get this, what if uh, FNM, Friday Night Magic, it's like a weekly thing that Magic has established if you don't know this. What if People show up to FNM, Friday Night Magic, and there's a big old basket of cookies baked by old ladies from your church. 
and there's just the, the person who runs the game store, or maybe you're there too, and you just say, hey guys, I'm from the church down the way. We play casual magic during second service on Sundays. Some ladies in our church bake these cookies for you. Help yourselves, man. And then afterwards, you stick around and you vacuum up the crumbs. You gotta do that part too. What is that gonna mean, not just to the game store, but to everybody there? What if you showed up to that local game store and you said, hey, I wanna buy two cases of energy drinks from you. I wanna support you, I wanna buy two cases of energy drinks for you. So, tonight during D&D, when you got a couple of D&D games running, anybody needs to just walk out and grab one. And just let them know, hey, it's on us. We'd love to see you at church sometime. When we can be reaching out into these specific areas that people are already attending these events, we start understanding, hey, if they're going to do it there and we let them know that we love them, maybe they're also going to come here. Maybe we can also show them that they will be just as accepted and loved here as they are anywhere else. Now, let's see that, or let's say that you've done these things, you've found out your demographic, you've talk to your local game store, you've, you've gone and you've found ways to work together with them to help bring people into your building. You've got this figured out, and now people are coming. They're actually coming, and they're showing up, and you have game days, and you have Magic the Gathering tournaments, and you have all kinds of great things going on. That's awesome. Here's the problem, though, is there's still a follow-through that we have to do. In the New Testament of the Bible, there's a Two words for the word fellowship. We all know koinonia. Jacqueline, what does koinonia mean? Tell us what koinonia means. <laughs> means fellowship. That's right. It means fellowship, right? But here's the thing. There's another word, medoke. Medoke also means fellowship. It's found one time in the New Testament. It's saying, you know, can you know, dark have fellowship with light? And so we have this thing where we see these two very important Greek words in the Bible. They're both beautiful and wonderful things, but why are there two? What's the difference here? Medike is a temporary community based around a common goal, and koinonia is fellowship that involves empathy and regular interaction. Here, this has been Medike, and it's been spectacular. I am not saying Medike is bad in any way, shape, or form. I love this. I've gotten to know so many of you people. I've gotten to know names. I've gotten to shake hands, and it's spectacular. I love you guys. It's been so great. But if my brother passes away, God forbid, I love you guys, but I'm probably not going to call you and say, hey, I need you for support right now. If I'm struggling financially, and I need to talk to somebody about maybe, maybe you can help me out in this moment, I love you guys, but I'm not going to call any of you. We have Medoke, and it's beautiful, and it's wonderful. We are united in a common goal. We are together building towards something that's beautiful, and I love that. Koinonia is something different. Holding gaming events, bringing people in to play magic or D&D, that's going to be some beautiful, spectacular Medoke. What you do in between rounds is what's going to make the difference. What you do when you roll the last dice, when you say this session is over, when you put the lid on the board game, 
That's how you bring people to koinonia. That's how you change from just this common goal of this love that we have, you change that too, and I also love you. I love you, and I see you. Hey, man, how are things going? How's school going? Hey, man, you said you were dating this girl. How's that relationship going? How are things at home? You're looking for a job. How'd that go? You got that interview yet? Learn names. Learn friends' names. Learn the name of their dog. So when they show up and you say, hey, you talked about your sister Sarah last week. How is she? These are important things that say, I see you. I don't see this thing, just this game in front of us. You're not another mechanic to this thing that I'm trying to play. I see you. So we have to make sure that we are not just playing the games. I'm going to give you guys the tool to play the games. Hopefully, you guys can take some of the stuff that you've got here, and you can go back to your church, and you can utilize these things to bring people in. When it comes to taking that to koinonia, that's got to be you. I can't tell you how to love the people that come into your church because I don't know those people. It's your job to know those people. And that's scary, and that's hard, and there's going to be some rough people that walk in the door, but you know what? You are a rough person that walked into the door of Jesus, and he loves you. So when people walk in, know them, see them, and love them. And when we can do this, when we can start building this entire cycle in which we are seeing people, we're loving them, we're, we're joining with them, we're bringing the Medokay into the Koinonia, and all of a sudden we've got a church that people can walk into and have no fear that they're wearing that Dungeons & Dragons shirt. They can walk into a church and they'll be like, my man, do you see the most recent episode of Ahsoka? Yeah, yeah, you know. We can walk into a church where we can feel loved and seen for everything that we love. And I'm telling you guys, when you start building a church that way, hey, get a hold of me. I'd love to talk to you more. Thanks, guys.